Man, it, it, would be, it would be so easy for us to create a chocolate donut church. Because we love chocolate donuts. We, we love them in, in the church. It, it, it would be so easy, here's what I mean, it would be so easy for us to build a wow experience where, where we all get like a sugar buzz and we all just feel really good. Like we have the band to pull that off. Like you could just come in and we could just wow you with some chocolate donuts with the band and have, have the band just put on an amazing concert-like experience. I could get up here and I could just deliver a highly motivational, inspirational talk that just leaves you encouraged going, woohoo, I can take on the world. We can take your kids and, and give them a Disney experience. It's crazy to think that we can come to church and not experience the main dish. Like we can come for, for the chocolate donuts and, and not ever experience what the main dish is. Well, here at Core Church, we are all about the main dish. We are not a chocolate donut church. So what is the main course? Well, Peter tells us. Let's go. First Peter 2 and verse 4. He tells us what the main course is. He says this, you are coming to what? You're coming to who? Christ, who is the living what? He's the living cornerstone of God's temple. So what Peter is telling us here is, and it just seems like I shouldn't have to say this, but we, we need to be reminded of this, is what Peter is saying is Jesus is the main course. Turn to the person next to you and tell them Jesus is the main course. He, he's what we are serving up. And, and Peter, Peter calls him the, the cornerstone. Now, if you're not familiar with cornerstones, it's okay because we don't really build that way so much anymore. But back in Jesus' day, they would build with a, a cornerstone. They would start with, with a cornerstone, with like a, a rock like this. And they would, they would set it in the corner. And then everything would be built out from that stone. That, that was the reference point. So the way the building would go how high it would go, what it would look like, and the direction it would be headed in is decided by the cornerstone. So my question for you today is, why did you come to church? Like, why, why are you here today? Because if we're not careful, we can come for just the, the chocolate donuts. We, we can come for just some really, really good music. Like we can sing all the songs and you can stand out there and all the words just, just go by you. Like you're not even hardly paying attention to the words. You just go, man, it's the bands. It's, they sound good. But the words never really penetrate. We, we can come just because, well, I like that about what the preacher says. I don't really like that part. But I like that and I like that. But I, I, don't, I don't like that. And I'll just take the, the chocolate donuts. But I don't really want the main course, or we can come just because, man, we're like, wow, man, that, that kid's ministry is like Disney back there. And we can come and we can miss out on the main course. In, instead, of, instead, of Jesus, instead of Jesus being the cornerstone that we build on, 
what happens is we can just kind of push him to the corner. Like, like, like I, I, I want, I, I'm out, I, he's here, uh, he's in the place, but you know, uh, it's not really the, it's not really the focal point. But yet, Peter tells us that Jesus is supposed to be the cornerstone. See, at, at Core Church, we do not push Jesus to the corner. We build out from the cornerstone. At Core Church, it's all about Jesus. Like, he's our, he's our reference point. Everything that we do, whether it's the music that you hear on a Sunday or, or the word that I'm preaching right now or what we do in our kids' ministry or our youth ministry or in our groups or in our outreach into the community. Everything is, comes from this cornerstone. We don't push Jesus to the corner, corner and say, we're just going to sprinkle a little Jesus in here so you know, we don't want anybody to get offended or anything, so we'll put a little bit in there, but, but that's not the real reason that we're here. No, no, we say, no, this is where we start. This is where we start individually, and this is where we start corporately. Amen. It's just too quiet in here. This is good. This is good preaching in here. Like if I had a mic right now, boom, I'm dropping it and I'm walking off the stage. That's how good that preaching is right now. It's all about Jesus. I'd like for you to write this down because it seems like I think maybe we all need to write this down and we need to think about this thought. We, we can do church without Jesus. Isn't that not crazy? That doesn't make sense. We can do church without Jesus. We can put on a good concert for you. We can entertain you. I can say some nice things to you, put on a cute little kids program, a nice little youth thing for you, gather in some groups, eat some nachos. No Jesus. We, we can do church without Jesus. But without Jesus... There is no church. So that's what you need to write down. Listen, we can do church without Jesus, but without Jesus, there is no church. Psalm 127.1, the psalmist said it this way. Look at this. He says, unless the preacher builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. Amen? I can tell you're not paying attention. Let's try that again. It, it, uh, unless the band builds the house, the, the work of the builders is wasted. Amen? Do I need to go back to part B here? Uh, unless, unless the kids' ministry builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. Amen? Amen? You're not supposed to be amen in any of that. This ain't about me. You, I can stand up here and we can build it on me. That'd be the worst thing we could do. Don't build this church on me. Don't come just for my preaching. I mean, I know I'm flat knocking it out of the park and it's good, but that's not why you're coming. You're not coming for me. 
If you're coming for me and I've ever led you to believe that, God have mercy on my soul because I'm not preaching right. We don't come because our band is great. Our band is great. They are amazing, but we don't come just for that. No, no, no. Here's what it says. Unless what? Let's say it together. Unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. Now that's where we say amen right there. See, at, at Core Church, Jesus isn't just a stone. He's, he's the cornerstone. He's, he's everything that we build out from. He is the main course. He is the foundation we build on. We do nothing apart from Jesus. In fact, this, this is one of our, our core values. At the core of who we are is loving God and loving people. We say that every week, right? It's based on four core values. One of those core values is that we exist to lift up Christ. We exist to lift up Christ. Let's say that together. We exist to lift up Christ. Turn to somebody and say, you exist to lift up Christ. You, you can always tell when, when a church has, has pushed Jesus to the corner because you get in that church and there is bitterness you get in that church and there's unforgiveness you get get in that church and there's there's backbiting and you get in that church and there is unforgiveness you get it get in a in a, in a church like that and and the people who are far from God are not welcome they're frowned upon we don't want them here. When you get in a church like that, there is no unity. But when you get in a church where Jesus isn't pushed to the corner, but where Jesus is the cornerstone and everything is built out from Jesus, you can always tell when you're in that church because there's unity among the people. There's not gossip and murmuring and backbiting and backstabbing, but there's kindness there's peace. Like there, there's a joy. Like you come in and there's like, there's like a joy. There's something about a church where the cornerstone is Jesus and everything's built out from him. It's, it's a place of love. It's a place of unity. It's a place of mercy. It's where anybody who is far from God is welcome and accepted. That's the kind of church we seek to build here. And this is what I love about our church. That's what people say about core church. You, if you've ever brought a friend, you know that. Whenever you brought a friend and then you talk to them later. I, I've talked to so many people over the years that have visited our church and they say things like, man, I, I've never, I've just never felt accepted. Like I, I didn't know I was going to be accepted like I'm accepted. It's crazy. I mean, there's just, I don't know what it is. There's just so much joy there and and, and everybody just, just seems to be so much unity. Just words like that. People who say, man, I, I just sense that God would forgive me and that other people would rally around me. That, that's the kind of church we seek to build and that's the kind of things that people are saying about you. And, and, and our church is just such a beautiful thing. And Peter tells us, 
that the church isn't a building. See, the reason that people say that is they're not talking about the physical structure. They're, they're talking about the people in the seats. They're talking about you, and they're talking about me, and this is where Peter says, we, we are the church. Look at, look, look at verse 5. He says this, and what? And who? And you are living stones. Turn to the person next to you and ask them, say, are you a stone? Are you a stone? No, not are you stoned. I said, <laughs> he just, are you stoned? Are you stoned? Because the way you're acting right now, you're just acting stoned. I'm not stoned. No, are, <laughs> are you a stone? Come on, people. <laughs> and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more? are his holy priests. Now turn to somebody and say, hello, pastor. Huh? No, that guy on the stage, that's the pastor. No, it's not what Peter says. Now Peter says we're, we're all pastors. We're, we're, we're all in the ministry. Now if you're new to church, this might be confusing, so let me kind of open that up just for a second so you can kind of uh, understand what's going on here. Before Jesus... The Jewish people, they would have to go to the temple because that's where God was. He was in the temple. And they would have to go and speak to the priest, and then the priest was the only one who would talk to God. That's Old Testament. That's before Jesus. And it's crazy because in America, that's how we live. That is so many uh, Christians and Christ followers, we are following Old Testament theology. I need to talk to God so I'm going to go to the building, and then I'm going to fill up on God, and the preacher's going to talk to God and interpret. On my, that's Old Testament. See, Jesus came, tore the veil of the temple, and that signified and said, no, everybody has access to me now. And he's, yeah. So he's saying, listen, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is what I want you to know. You don't just have to come here. God says, I desire to be in you. When I forgive your sins, my spirit comes into you, and you have communion with me. You can talk to me. You don't have to just wait till Sunday. Such a great thing. Such a great truth. You and I are the church. And how you go is how we go. Turn to somebody and say, how you go is how we go. How you go is how we go. How I go is how we go. It, if we want this church, if we want this church to be accepting of all people, I have to be accepting of all people. If I, if I want this church to be a non-judgmental place, guess what? I gotta, I gotta be a non-judgmental person. If I want this place to be a place of mercy and grace, I, I got to be a person of mercy and grace. If I want the church I attend to be known as generous in the community, I, I got to be generous. If I want my church to be known as a serving church in the community, I, I, I've got to be a serving person. 
And what, what Peter is trying to tell us right here is none of those things are possible unless Jesus is the cornerstone of my life. So what's the cornerstone of your life? What are you, what are you building your life on? I mean, for some of you, truth be told, if you were honest, you'd say, well, my, my cornerstone is my career. Like everything I do, everything I do, my, where my family lives, where we go, what we do, how I spend my time, where my resources go, what I'm focused on, all comes to the reference point of my career. For some of us, it's money. It's money is my cornerstone. In, in, in other words, everything in my life is built out from what my bank account says. How much can I get in my bank account so that I can have and build out all of these things in my life? Some of you, it's, if you're parents, how many of you parents? Raise your hand if you're a parent. For some of you, it's your kids. Your kids are your cornerstone. Everything you do, everything is about them. It's where they go, what they do, their education. I'm focused on this. Everything in my life, this home that I'm building, my job, it ain't about my career. It's about my kids because I'm building this life for my kids, and so I'm building out from my kids. Some of you, it's your spouse. Married people in the house? Married? Single people? Single people? Some of you are building out either from your spouse or one day having that spouse. And everything that you do, everything is built around that. And everything you do, whether it's your career or your money or the next step you take in your life, it's all focused on, on that spouse and building out from there. The reason that's a flawed theology and a flawed way of living is because every single one of those things are eventually going to let you down. Your kids are going to move away, or you're going to want them to move away, amen? But if, you, if it's about your kids, here's the, this is why I'm jacking with some of your brains right now. You're like, I'm supposed to be building my life around my family. I don't even know what he's talking about today. This is just an atrocity. But this is what's wrong with that. This is what's wrong with that. Is when you're building everything out from your kids, your whole life is based on their mood, their attitude, what they're doing, whether, it's, whether they're living right, living wrong. Same thing with your spouse or somebody that you're chasing. If you build it around your career, it's as long as your career, you, you know, you're going to go to work tomorrow. As long as everything's good at work, you're solid. But if everything is not good at work, then the, then the, then the cornerstone is broken. Listen, you can't build it. You can't, this, I've said this before, you can't put... That kind of pressure on your spouse, on a future spouse, on your parents, on your kid, or on your employer. That's not fair. They're not supposed to carry that kind of weight because they have no ability to live up to your expectations, but yet you put it on them and you try to build out from there. Sometimes what we're building out from is a past hurt. Somebody hurt you. Somebody wounded you. And everything you do in life, you just look back and you go, it's what they did. It's what happened to me. And everything you do in your life is built out from that. 
some, some of you, it's, it's a secret sin. Like, nobody, nobody knows. Nobody knows anything about it. But it's everything. Everything in your life is driven back to that, that secret sin and that habit and that addiction or whatever it is. It's feeding you and everything you do, your money and everything and your time and your energy is all comes built out from that stone. In, in Matthew chapter 7, just write that down. We're not going to go there, but Matthew chapter 7, I want you to read that later. We read the story of the wise person and the foolish person. And Jesus tells this story about the wise person and the foolish person and, and how the, the foolish person, they, they built their house, if you're, if you're old school, if you're old school, you know this, they built his house upon the sand. Yeah, he built his house upon the sand, but the wise man built his house upon the, a little Sunday school for you, that's way, way old school. The, but the guy, the guy or the lady who builds their house on the rock is the wise person, and the person who builds their house on the sand is the foolish person, and Jesus says the reason they are foolish and the reason they are wise is because the winds are going to come, and the rain is going to come, and, and the storm is going to come, and everything that we build on in this life other than Jesus is sinking sand, sinking sand, going nowhere. You can't build on that. Man, I know this better than anyone. Because in 2014, my world was rocked. You want to talk about storms and, and wind and rain. Some of you know that story, and I don't need to go back over that thing, but it was a dark, dark time for, for my family. And, and I remember one particular day, it was a really, really difficult maybe possibly the darkest day of all of the days. And I was sitting at my kitchen table, and I was praying because of what was ahead of me that day. And, and all of a sudden, the song Cornerstone came to my mind. And, man, I just love YouTube. I love it, man, because I, I, sometimes have you ever been where you need to pray but you don't know what to say? And worship music is so beautiful, and in that moment, I put on that song, Cornerstone, that we sang this morning and just let it wash over me. And then, then it came to, that, to a line that just stopped me. And my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Come on, you know it. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. And in that moment, in my weakest period 
of time where I felt I didn't have the strength to stand, I was able to withstand the worst of storms because my life is built on the cornerstone. Jesus isn't pushed to the corner of my life. He's everything I build out from. And in the midst of the storm, that's the true test. If you want to know, am I, is my life built on the cornerstone or is Jesus pushed it? Let a storm come into your life. You'll find out really fast whether Jesus is just pushed to the corner or he's the cornerstone. I see this happen all the time in the church. People go through a storm, they go through a difficulty, they go through a trial, and poof, they're gone. What happened? Because their life wasn't centered and focused on Jesus. But here is where Peter is telling us he's the living cornerstone. I'd like for you to write this down. This is so good. I can do life without Jesus. I can do life without Jesus. I can build a career and have a family and a home and live a nice life, and I can be a good person. There's a lot of people doing that. I, 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 can, I can do life without Jesus, but without Jesus, I have no life. I can do life without Jesus, but without Jesus, I have no life. So how do we... How do we make Jesus the cornerstone of our lives in 2016? If you want Jesus to be the cornerstone, you gotta, you got to feed on the main course. In other words, you, you've got to be a man or a woman of prayer and the Word. Like where you feed on this Word, like where the Word and prayer are something you're in every day. It's not just something you come to eat on Sunday and then starve all week long, but where you say, no, I'm going to feed on the word and and prayer. You have a decision. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, you have a decision. You can get up, forget the word, forget prayer. I'm going to do my 30-second prayer on the way to work that's going to be my prayer life, and so that's what I'm going to do, and maybe I'll catch something, maybe I'll, get a, maybe I'll get a verse here or there, but you're not building it on that. Guess what? You're going to go, and you're going to build your life, and you're going to feed on chocolate donuts. You're going to feed on your career. You're going to feed on money. You're going to feed on your family, all, all of those things, and listen, all of those things are not supposed to be the cornerstone. They're not the main course. Those things are to be built on the cornerstone. We build our career on the cornerstone. I build my finances on the cornerstone. I build my family on the cornerstone. Jesus is the main course. So when you came in and in your chair back, there is a commitment card. I want you to grab out this commitment card. I want everybody to grab a hold of that right now. Even if you've taken one in the last couple weeks, I want you to get this commitment card. Everything we're doing during this series is driving to next week. We're driving everything to vision day which is next week. We're going to gather next week, and man, it's just going to be off the chain amazing next week what we're going to do. If you were here last week, you know everybody that calls Core Church home and confesses Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we're going to give you a brick next week, and you're going to get to write your name on that brick. If you have children, you're going to be able to write your child's name on their own brick. And next week, we're going to 
begin to build this wall. And every time somebody gets baptized like we saw today, anytime somebody gives their life to Jesus, they're gonna get their name on a brick and be able to put it on that wall. And, and my hope is that over the next decade, in the next 20 years, that that whole lobby wall out there is nothing but brick. It's gonna start small, but it's gonna grow, it's gonna grow, it's gonna grow. Everything we're doing is driving towards that. But one of the commitments, we're gonna be bringing our commitment cards next week, so don't fill this out. I want you to take it home with you. Don't, don't turn it in today. Take this home with you. I want you to begin to pray over these commitments. And one of the commitments is that you will daily read, reflect, and respond to the Word of God. Read, reflect, and respond. Every day, I'm going to read the Word of God. Every day, I'm, I'm going to reflect. I'm going to, I'm going to pray about what I, what I read. And, and then I'm going to respond. I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to do something about it. And if you go to our website, if you go to corechurch.com, you, you'll see that you can click on God time. And we have all kinds of study tools. Because, listen, for some of you, I know you, 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 never, you don't ever read the Bible. And it's embarrassing to you. You're like, I'm a follower of Jesus. And, ah, hate Sundays like this because I don't ever read the Bible. And I never pray. Oh, my gosh, that 30-second prayer you're talking about on the way to work? Guilty. I want to encourage you, if you're a person, if you're here today and you don't read the Bible, here's my challenge to you. I want to give you a challenge that I took almost 20 years ago, two decades ago. I was sick and tired as a follower of Jesus and I, was, I wasn't in the ministry and I was working a, a nine to five job and, and, and I was sick and tired of not reading the Bible and not praying. And so I made this commitment. I'm going to read one verse and pray one minute a day. I'm going to read one verse and, I, and I'm going to pray one minute a day. And I'm going to do it for one year. So every day I would sit down at the table and I would read one verse and I would pray for one minute. And then the devil would beat me up. You ain't reading the Bible. You call that reading the Bible? But I persevered and I just kept reading. I kept reading. I'd get there and I'd read a verse and I'd be like, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that says. And, and then I'd say my little prayer and, and I did every day for a year. That's my challenge to you because here's what I want to tell you. If you do that, I did that every day for a year and that catapulted me into a relationship with Jesus that I didn't even know existed because his word is alive and it came alive in me. And when I prayed to him, guess what? He started talking back to me. So here's the cool thing. Maybe that's the commitment you need to make. Don't let anybody ever tell you that's a waste of time. That's the devil lying to you. That's from the pit of hell. Because if you do that every day for one year, at the end of the year, you will have read, you ready for this? Over 365 Bible verses, and you will have prayed for six hours. Six hours. That's my challenge to you that you and I would become men and women of the Word. See, I can do life with, without Jesus, but. Without Jesus, I have no life. Would you bow your heads? I want, I want to pray for you today.
want to talk to you right now if you're a follower of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, let me talk to you for just a moment. I want you to think about the results that you want to get in life. I want you to think about the results you're getting. And if you're not getting the results you want in life, I want you to go back and check the cornerstone. Maybe today as a follower of Jesus, you've identified an area of your life that you need to surrender. Or maybe today you need to fully surrender to him or commit to being in his word. If, if that's you, you've identified an area or you're fully surrendering your life, I'm just gonna give everything to him. I wanna become a person of the word. Would you just, I want you to look up at me so I can see you so I know how to pray for you. God, thank you. Thank you. Awesome, thank you so much, thank you. Thank you, thank you, gotcha, thank you so much. Anybody else? God bless you. Awesome, thanks. Thank you. Anybody else? Gotcha. I want you to take one of those next step cards. I want you to write that down on that next step card. What is it that you're giving over to God? What is it you're committing to today? Grab that card and just... This is my commitment. I'm fully surrendering this area or my entire life to Jesus today. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you that you can become a follower of Jesus right now. It's simply this. It's just acknowledging that Jesus is the Son of God. Man, I don't understand everything about him dying, coming to earth, and being raised from the grave, but I, but I believe it. And if I can have that forgiveness you're talking about, I want that and I desire that. That's what Jesus can do for you today. So maybe today you need to come to Jesus and give your life to him for the first time. Or maybe you've been away from him for a long time. Maybe for you it's been a a decade or 15 years or maybe it's been 10 years or five. I don't know how long it's been, but maybe it's a long time and you need to come back to him that's the cry of your heart, I want to be able to pray for you today. Would you just look up at me wherever you are? If today you're making a commitment to follow Jesus or recommitting your life to him, God, you thank you. Today I'm coming back to Jesus, recommitting my life to him. Just look up at me and let me pray for you. Thank you. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for those who are coming to faith in you giving their lives to you, putting their trust and their hope in you. I pray today they receive your Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit comes upon them and in them and they say, wow, I'm the temple. I'm the temple and I I receive you, Jesus. I don't understand everything about it, but I receive you. Thank you for forgiving my sin. Thank you for making me new. We love you, Father. We're so grateful for all you do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's give God a hand clap for everybody who's making commitments today.